Well, hello everyone. It's announcement time here at church. There's a lot of really good announcements today because I have a yellow notepad with announcements on them, okay? My handwriting is that of a not adult, so I'm gonna do my best to read my own handwriting, so bear with me if I can't read. But anyway, announcements. Uh, Christmas VBS, we, we throw this big event for our kids, ages three to 11. Uh, we open up the whole church to them. We have awesome games and we have our bounce houses. Uh, there's arts and crafts. What's a VBS without arts and crafts? There's snack time, of course, and they're gonna learn about the real meaning of Christmas. So that Christmas VBS is gonna be December 8th, and that will be from 6 to 8.30 p.m. So sign your kids up for that uh, on our app or our website. Also, please volunteer if you are able. We appreciate our volunteers. We love our volunteers. That takes a great team to make that happen. So if you can, please sign up to help us for that evening. Also, coming up in December, a couple other cool announcements. We have another baptism. Uh, it's going to be December 9th. Uh, that's a Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at Bay Honda Beach. We go to the Calusa, and, and that's a great time. We sing some acoustic songs, and uh, we, we baptize folks. If you are interested in being baptized, it's very important that you get baptized. Sign up on the app. And uh, we want to make sure you get a t-shirt uh, as you get baptized and your certificate. You want to make sure we know how to spell your name. So yeah, all of that is important to sign up. Uh, so do that. Okay? Great. Also, uh, coming up, excited to announce this, we're doing our next uh, Jam Night Christmas Carol edition. That's going to be December 20th at 6.30 p.m. So that's going to be a jam night mixed with the sing-along. Uh, I'm going to try to find some really easy arrangements of Christmas carols uh, that we'll play and sing together. It was a blast last year, and I'm really hoping that uh, we have another great turnout this year. Maybe I'll have candy canes. It depends on if I remember to bring them. But bring your instrument. Don't forget that. Uh, bring your voices. That's going to be December 20th at 6.30 p.m. And also, I uh, want to throw this out. Uh, Christmas Eve is coming in hot. Uh, it's going to be in a few weeks from now, and I wanted to let you know uh, our service times because they're going to be a little different because uh, of where Christmas Eve falls during the week. Uh, we're going to have a Saturday evening service on the 23rd, and that's going to be a Christmas Eve candle lighting service. That will be the same evening service uh, as we'll have uh, Christmas Eve as well. So that's going to be December 23rd, 7 p.m. Great option uh, if you've got other plans on the 24th. Then on the 24th, we're still having our 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. services. Uh, we are going to strip that down from a normal Sunday service. It'll be acoustic worship. Uh, it's going to be Dad and I not hitting our guitars with our notepad, uh, doing the message and, and the worship. So those are going to be fun. Really looking forward to those. And then Christmas Eve evening at 4.30 and 6 will be our next two candle lighting services on the 24th. So those will be the same as that service on the 23rd. So three candlelight services, uh, three very Christmassy laid back services. Uh, we're, we're hoping you attend a candlelight service and a weekend service, but you know, that's totally up to you. It's all good either way. Those are the announcements. I'm gonna put that over there because I'm tired of holding it. Let's get ready for church. Woo 
Everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in here, back into a time of worship. We've had a great morning and look forward to spending some time with you. Then we start Advent series this uh, this week. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, looking forward to doing that, talking about hope. So uh, get your Bibles and get a coffee and get comfy because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful to see your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them all off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We started on Isaiah last week, and we're going to continue in Isaiah as we move into Advent. So that's what we can look forward to before we do any of that. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your willingness to bend down from your throne to be near to us. We thank you for how well you love us, Lord. this season, Lord, we ask, in fact, we say yes and we give you permission to use us as your vessels of peace. This morning, as we focus on your face, help us to see you and hear you clearly, Lord. We ask that you would fill us to overflow with your love and peace and joy and kindness, with your gentleness and faithfulness. So that as we go, you use us to bring lost kids back to your family. You are so, so good to us, Papa. All we can do is say thank you. We love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the deeds of darkness and to put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which your son, Jesus Christ, came among us in great humility so that on the last day when he will come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead we may rise to life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and holy spirit one god 
now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the spirit, please come partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Duck. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I always like to encourage us, sing out, lift your voice, praise the Lord. He is worthy of our praise. So we will worship him here in this place today. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able. We praise you, Lord. Silence is the 
This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what heaven looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Your fear cannot survive.
praise how great a debt daily I've constrained to be and let thy
Yeah. 
Oh, we love you, Lord. And we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. We adore you, Father. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship, Father. Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up? and teach the children a Bible verse. Good morning, boys and girls. So good to see you. Did anybody bring their Bible? No, not today? Okay. Well, do you know that the Bible tells us what is true and it helps us to know Jesus, right? We can know who Jesus is And we can know what he has done for us when we read our Bibles, right? And today's story is going to remind us that Jesus is king over all, right? Are you guys ready to listen? Cool. Good. All right. So the Apostle Paul, while he was in jail, right, in Rome, people would come to him with news about all the believers in churches all over the world, right? They wanted to tell him how they were doing. And Paul had been to many of the churches there. He actually had like established them, right? Created them. And he wrote to encourage the Christians in these churches. And Paul wrote a letter to the believers in a city called Colossae. And they were called Colossians, right? And the Colossians, they knew about the good news of Jesus, right? They knew the gospel. But guess what happened? False teachers had come, right? And they were telling lies about the gospel, right? And this confused, confused the Colossians. And the Colossians, right, were very confused because some of them were saying, some teachers were saying that there was a special gospel that only they knew, right? So Paul wrote to remind them of the truth of Jesus. Very important, right? And this is what he wrote. In Colossians 1.15, he said this about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, right? Jesus shows us who God is. Jesus created everything in heaven and everything on earth. Everything that we see and everything that we do not see, right? Everything exists for him, was made for him. And Jesus holds everything together, Claire. He does, right? And the church, believers all over the world are the body of Christ, he told them. And Jesus is the head, right? And he told them that God was happy to send Jesus, right, to rescue us from our sin, right, through his blood on the cross. And Paul reminded the Colossians that their sin separated them from God, right? Their sin made them enemies of God. 
But now they have salvation and they have forgiveness when they place their trust in Jesus, right? He told them this is the complete gospel. Any other gospel is a lie, right? Very important. And he ended by telling them, be encouraged. Love one another. He said, I want you to know Jesus, right? I want you to know him. He said, all wisdom and all knowledge is found in him. Amen? Very good. Okay. So now are you guys ready to tell everyone else the Bible verses? We'll all say it together in one voice. Okay. Ready? Colossians 1.15. Good job. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Excellent work. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. While that's happening, do you kids think you can help me sing happy birthday to somebody? Yeah? All right. It's Pam's birthday. She's right over there. So we're going to sing her happy birthday, all right? So here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pam. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for the children, and then we'll send them off to Children's Church. All right, boys and girls, you ready? Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and let's think about the Lord who loves us so very much, okay? All right, Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your protection, Lord God, for your provision, Lord God, for your great care for your children, Lord. I pray that these truths, Lord God, that you came and you died for us, Lord, to save us from our sin and from death, Lord God, that these truths would just go deeper into the kids' hearts, Lord God, that they will stand on this truth in Jesus' name. What do we say? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Good job, you guys. Have fun. Behave. Learn. Snack. Snack, play, all that good stuff. Play, good. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining with us online. Happy to be there with you. And uh, on a lovely Sunday. Last weekend in November. December is quickly upon us. So that's good. That code that just popped up will take you to a place on the website where there are some very helpful links. One would be the Connect card if you're a new person, a visitor. Uh, we'd love for you to fill it out. Name, phone number, email address. That would be great. Um, also, the fill-in notes are on that page, and those are helpful to 
follow through as we, mm-hmm. we speak, and then mm-hmm. they email to you, and you can have them through the week. Also, the translation service is there. Uh, we translate this service and the 11 o'clock service into 30 different languages. Uh, fascinatingly done. Uh, so if you want to do that, just go find the language that works best for you. It will either show up on your phone so you can read it, or if you have a listening device mm-hmm. attached to your phone, right. it will speak it to you almost in real time. Pretty it's fascinating. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so, and there's some other stuff there too that you might find helpful. Mm-hmm. Do that before we pray for our neighbors, which is something that we do when we gather two things. Mm. I know there's right. a lot of announcements. Doug did a good job. I just want to uh, emphasize one and talk about another. Uh, the 9th of December, we're doing a baptism out at Bay Honda. That's at 9 o'clock in the morning. And you need to be baptized. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized, that's a biblical, non-negotiable, that needs to happen. And this is an opportunity for that to take place. Other people will come to get baptized because you don't remember being baptized. Mm -hmm. I'm not challenging it theologically or saying it didn't work. It's just such a powerful memory. If in your databanks you don't have a memory of being baptized, you may want to come out and make a memory. Okay, so that'll be December 9th. You can sign up on the app. You could mm-hmm. just show up. But if you sign up on the app, we'll have a certificate and right. a T-shirt. Yep. And that's coming up also. So we just finished Operation Christmas Child. That's for kids all over the world. Now we take a couple of weekends and right. we do kids that are local. And we uh, partner for years with a, an organization called Presence in Paradise. They know the kids in the area who are going to need some help at Christmas and families. Right. And... Um, so what we have in the foyer on the way out are these index cards as a reminder. They don't have the name, uh, not the name, the age mm-hmm. and the gender of a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, take, you know, one or two or whatever you want of these. Right. And um, you can bring a gift unwrapped if you want back. But uh, another thing that works, and it works very well, are gift cards because the people that are running the agency know what things the kids actually need, and we'll use the gift cards to get them. They just don't hand over gift cards, all right? right? So that's, uh, that's pretty helpful. If you get involved, pick one up on the way out two weekends or so. So really back here by the 10th would yeah. be best, okay? Yep. And uh, so thank you for that, for your being so generous all the time. Mm. Let's pray for our neighbors. Do it. Think about a couple of your neighbors. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, we're starting our Advent series Now, I I know according to the liturgical calendar, so if you're very big into liturgy, I'm a week early. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to do with wanting to get all four in the weekend before Christmas so that we can use Christmas. It's going to be a busy weekend. So um, uh, if you were going, oh, you're you're a week early, technically, yes, but time to jump in. Better early than late. Four main topics Mm -hmm. that have the church has worked through this season, through the Advent season for as long as I can find uh, our hope. Peace, joy, and love. And we're going to talk about those four things over the next four weekends. And we are going to be based in Isaiah for this series. Last year, uh, we did the Advent series. I was in Ruth, and that was fun. Isaiah for this year. And I think it's very helpful that we've been spending a lot of time in Genesis 1 and 2 because Isaiah, I've told you, picks up a lot of those themes. And so does the Apostle John in the New Testament. And 
we'll be sort of moving through both of them as we speak. And today we're going to talk about how hope is like a mountain. Cool. Yeah. So that's where we're heading. Uh, let's do the bad jokes and then you can pray for us and lead mm-hmm. us in the reading of the Word. So when we make a pizza at home, which we do mm-hmm. fairly often, Alice pretty much takes care of everything. She makes the dough and she gets all the toppings and the mm-hmm. sauce and everything. But it's up to me to shred the cheese. I'm the greatest. True story, because he, I do make him grate the cheese, because I always grate his fingers. Because I'm the greatest. Yeah, you're the greatest. That's right. A joke where you can actually say that is wonderful. <laughs> uh, so, so last week when I was speaking uh, in our Thanksgiving message, I, I was talking about thanking thinking, and I said a lot of you are more familiar with its evil twin, which I called stinking thinking, and you knew that. But with that in mind, and since we just had Thanksgiving, uh, what do you call a turkey's evil twin? Yeah. A gobbleganger. I don't, I don't understand it. Doppelganger? You don't get doppelganger twin? Doppelganger. Ah, oh, okay. Thank you. Got it. This is what I live with, you stupid. I'm the greatest. You're the greatest of all time. You're a goat. What do you call a reluctant potato? Mm. A hesitator. Boom. Okay. Pray for us. Hesitator. Oh, they booed. I heard booing. Lead us in the reading of the word. Someone was giving their honest opinion. All right. Let's take a beat and refocus, and then we'll read the word together. Thank you, Papa. Thank you for all you're doing in our lives. And, Lord, we wait with joyful expectation for your return. When you will come and you will make all things right. When there will be no more oppression. When it will just cease. And, Lord, we pray that while we wait for your return, your goodness would pass before our eyes today here in the land of the living. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? As Steve said, we're in Isaiah, and we're in chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. This is what Isaiah, some of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, in the, mo- the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. As the highest of the mountains, it will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will not go out, will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be the word of God. You may be seated. Okay, so uh, today, as I said, we're going to talk about hope. We're going to be, uh, as Alice uh, led us in that reading in Isaiah 2 in the beginning, and uh, I'm going to make the connections between hope and a mountain and how that works together. Uh, and before we really dive in to the, the meat of the scripture, let's just review quickly about mountains and why they're important in the scripture. Uh, mountains 
Uh, you know, we're always at spot where because they move up into the, the heavens, if you would, it was considered to be a place where there was a heaven and earth connection. And so throughout the Bible, you'll, you'll see how mountains are important and temples are generally built there. Uh, it was on a mountain that, you know, uh, Moses was given the directions for the tabernacle. That's where God met him. Uh, and so they, they make a big difference throughout the scriptures, these mountains. And the big tie-in to the Lord's mountain goes back to Genesis 1 and 2, uh, the creation story, the cosmic temple, and that Eden, the garden, was on a mountain. Now, you say, well, it doesn't say that, but the idea is that rivers flow, a river flows out of Eden that then feeds four other rivers that go through all the nations. And so it has to have elevation to make that happen. And so throughout the scripture, there's this idea of a heaven and earth connection on the mountains. And remember, in our, in our Genesis 1 and 2 mountain, you've got the tree of life there in the middle, and that's a picture of, you know, God is the author of life. There's water flowing out of it. It's for everyone there. And, uh, and so it's a big deal. And Isaiah is kind of grabbing a hold of that image as he moves us on in this lesson. Also, in the natural realm, mountains are pretty impressive. Um, we've, over the last number of years, been to some places where there's been some mountains. We've been to Alaska, and uh, we were in Colorado for a little bit, and up in Asheville recently, that was mountains, and out by the Grand Canyon, all in the last five, ten years, uh, on little trips. And uh, mountains are impressive. You know, they, they, especially if you've lived here like we have for a long time. You go, wow, look at that. Uh, but but thing about mountains is nothing's taken down a mountain, right? The winds, the weather, mountains are going to hang in there because they're mountains. And, uh, and in the same way, that's how our hope needs to be. Nothing can take down our hope. When we get our hope focused where it needs to be, and that's what Isaiah is going to help us do, then circumstances and situations... Nothing takes it away. Stands firm like a mountain. Another thing in the natural about mountains that ties in is that mountains are often called uh, the water towers of the world. Uh, 60 to 80 percent of water that's made available to people everywhere comes out of a mountain. Uh, and mountains are great at grabbing water and filtering it and sending it down. We've seen lots of that taking place. And, uh, and it's so, you know, without water, there's no life. And I'd say there's a connection with that with hope too. With no, if your hope's not right, your life's not right. And so you get your hope in the right spot and it's like then living water in much the same way. So with that in mind, let me go back. I want to read what Alice read, add a couple more verses and then we're going to break that down as we talk about hope. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, said concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations, and he'll settle disputes for many peoples. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Okay, now with that in mind, let's connect this mountain that Isaiah is talking about and hope and how that works. First thing of note, and I touched on this a little last week in, in case you wanted to read ahead in Isaiah 2. There's this fascinating things where with this mountain now it says all nations will stream to it. 
In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple, this cosmic temple, will be established as the highest of the mountains, exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Why that's interesting, to me anyway, is that word stream is the exact same word in the original language as the word for rivers. Uh, same word in the Hebrew. And if you go back into our Genesis 1 and 2 picture, you've got a mountain and you've got this life-giving water flowing out of it. And now Isaiah is talking about a cosmic mountain and people are streaming up to it. And it's a picture of a renewed Eden. It's a reverse of the curse. If you remember back in Genesis, you had, it was open and, and you know, the, it was open to everyone and, and people had access to living water and, and the right tree and everything. And then, um, because of the fall, making bad choices and decisions, we were exiled. We were cut off from that. And so all of that changed. But Isaiah is pointing, painting a picture of a time when that mountain is reestablished and now people can stream to it. It's like an open, if you would, garden. It's, a, it's everything being restored and renewed. And I've told you many times here that that's our hope. That's where we get our hope focused is in what's coming. Revelation 21, 22. And we look at those passages a lot when everything is reestablished. And it's even better than, than some people have imagined because for a lot of people, sort of the end point that they, under, they think about is heaven. And heaven is certainly going to be cool, but it's not the end point. Because when you read Revelation 21 and 22, you find out that the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, comes down out of heaven and comes to earth. And earth is renewed and restored the way it was in the beginning. And believers, we get new physical resurrected bodies that never have an issue. Wow. No more tear, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more, no more mess, no more achy knees. I almost broke into achy, breaky heart, and then that was off. It started to sound like a country song in my head. <laughs> Play it backwards. That's funny, because everything is restored when you pay it. <laughs> and that's what this whole message is about. So anyway... So we have this, so your hope, you have to get your hope in there. As a believer, you get your hope there, and then the stuff that happens in life. It's difficult, but your hope is like solid, right? Because it's focused on what's happening. And Isaiah is pushing people, pointing people already back to this hope. And he's saying, look, in that day, it'll be open again. And people will stream to it. In Christ, people are going to stream back to this mountain. So it's a, it's a reversal of the curse. It's a renewed Eden. It's really amazing thing for us to focus on and to put our hope in. And it's our promise. And it's what we look forward to. And I want you to stay focused on that all the time. It's our future. It kind of reminds me, this passage uh, in Isaiah, of numerous passages in Revelation. But remember, I told you, for me, the Apostle John and the prophet Isaiah really dig into the story of what's happening and they make it tie together for us. And so this is John. I did not see a temple in the city because of the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. That's kind of... The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Wow. We just pulled out, I have a, I have a leg lamp as a decoration at home. <laughs> Nothing in comparison. It's a night, it's not the big one, no. <laughs> My wife wants to make sure, just, she had the same look as the lady in the movie does. <laughs> I want to put it in the window. The lamb, 
We're going to talk more about light in the season because there's a lot of light metaphors that pop in during Advent. That's why Christmas is all about lights and all those things that's pulling us back. Light overcomes darkness. The light overcoming the darkness is a metaphor for the love of God. So we'll see it a lot. But let me keep going. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there'll be no night there. Um, we, we might miss the significance of that, but night was a terrible time thousands of years ago because bad things happened at night. They didn't have what we have now. We have electricity, which kind of changes that some. Um, but, but think about it, and it's, the promise is none of that. You're never going to have to endure that anymore. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the book you want your name in. That's the big one. How do you get your name in the Lamb's books of life? Say yes to Jesus. We'll do that again at the end. I'll give you, but yes, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Boom, your name goes in. And that's a good thing. And so this city that I, Isaiah is talking about, this mountain temple, is what we know and happened, is happening in Revelation 21 and 22. And we must get our hope there as believers because that helps us move through this life. So our hope is in that mountain. Also, we, we really learn about how to be truly human on the mountain. As we connect with God now in a heaven and earth way, with Holy Spirit in us, we learn once again what it means to be human. And... We have said many times here that the enemy's deception and what he does is he leads you in ways that make you less human. I call it subhuman to get your attention. But that's the enemy. That's where he takes you. He does not want you to live fully human lives. He wants you to live less than human lives or subhuman lives. And, and the way that he moves into that is he convinces you to worship bits and pieces of the creation rather than to worship the creator. And that's idolatry. And that's really what, what sin is. It's us, you know, not focusing on worshiping God and moving in that direction. It's not taking from the tree of life. It's going after the other tree. And so when we come and give our lives to Jesus, again, this is another picture of, of the, the reverse of the curse and the renewed Eden. That's where our teacher is. And we can go to him and he teaches us how to live. We can, we can see how Jesus lived and, and, and he begins to model for us what humanity was always intended to be. I have in my mind this picture of God walking with people before the fall and just teaching them about what was happening and what things were and that's where they were supposed to get their wisdom from and and this picture in Isaiah is a reestablishment of that it's a renewal of that, that that he'll walk with us and teach us all that we need to know and we'll know his ways and we'll walk in his paths and, and I hope you look forward to that because I know I certainly do look at this connection in Revelation 22 they'll see his face his name will be on their foreheads There'll be no more night. They'll not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. It's a picture of us being with him, walking with him, knowing him, and learning from him how to live and how to be fully human as he created us to be. Third, love wins. That's why we have hope. I I love this idea in that... um, 
This is a time when love overcomes everything, including enmity. Enmity is that word that happens after the fall, that suddenly there's enmity. But now, because because of what's going to take place, there'll be no more enmity, there'll be no more conflict. Love makes conflict unnecessary. And I, I love this. There's this great connection here. He'll judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. I'll come back to that verse in a moment. But that, that's so, I, I don't know if you've ever made this connection. When I first made it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Why did they turn their swords into plowshares and the other stuff into, into pruning hooks? Their weapons of war are turned into gardening tools. This makes sense when you read that our original vacation was that we were gardeners. We were cosmic gardeners. And that's what we needed. And the idea is with enmity gone and conflict over, we won't need weapons of war anymore. We'll just need to have good tools to garden together and to make fruit. We're supposed to be fruitful. It's this picture again of restoration and, and how badly it's devolved because of the enemy and the conflict and people hating one another and not producing fruit. The bigger picture is that a time is coming uh, as people come to know Jesus that all of that gets reversed and we get back to what we were originally called to. And there's just no need for that mess. I love that picture. And again, it's a picture of a reversal of the curse and moving towards New Eden. So how do we hold on to this hope? And I love what Isaiah says in, uh, in the next verse, and I'll put it up in a second. We're to walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 2.5, come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This light... Uh, that gets talked about a lot at Christmas, and and uh, it's a it's a metaphor, as I said, for how love works, and you know, light overcomes darkness. But there's one at Advent time who we worship, whose light pierces the darkness. And there's it's it's interesting that this light, this one that we're speaking about, was born on another mountain, distant from Jerusalem, but actually higher than Jerusalem in altitude. Kind of fascinating, and that's where Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And then when he does all that he's going to do uh, and he returns, that mountain that they're talking about will be exalted all above all the other mountains because it's the right way and it's the way to walk towards him. And I love this picture of this king who's coming, born on a mountain, uh, and it's the one we're looking for. He's the light that overcomes the darkness. And it's the Luke writes and says this of him, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Luke makes this connection about this one who come, this light who'll come and lead us towards renewed Eden and the holy mountain. Here's what the Apostle John has to say. These guys make these connections. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So how do you walk in this light of the Lord? Take his hand. You take the hand of the Lord Jesus, and you walk with him, and you learn from him, and you walk in his ways. And in effect, the picture is you're joining with the sea of humanity who've been redeemed in the Lord, moving towards the holy mountain, knowing and finding our way in and by Jesus. And that's where we need to keep our hope. 
And that's how we kick off Advent. And next week we'll talk about peace. Looking forward to that. But for this week, hang on to hope. It's a big deal. And uh, God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? Let me say this. I said it in the middle of the message uh, because the Lamb's Book of Life popped up, so we don't normally say that. But your name needs to be in that book. It's a big deal. And, and the way that you, you get your name in there, it's, Jesus has done all the work. He's done it at the cross and in defeating death and rising again. He's done everything that needed to happen. Then he invites us to join him in his story. And we say, yes, Jesus, would you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never prayed a prayer like that or made a statement like that, do it now. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It's just that, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Holy Spirit comes, your name's written in the book, and things begin to change for you forever. Amen. I felt like during worship, the Lord was really ministering to people that have been kind of depressed. And I'm not sure how many of you, are if, or if you're online, but he gave me a picture of, of, not, of like a person with really dark sunglasses on, and that's how you're kind of seeing everything in dark. And I felt like the Lord wants to take them off. And he wants to be your light, and Jesus wants to be your lamp. So if anybody can identify with that and just feeling depressed, I pray right now, Papa, that your light would rest on them this week, right now as we speak, and that you would lift those bands of sadness and hopelessness, and that hope would truly arise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The light of the world. Very good. Okay, let's see. Uh, I might have missed the slide. No, there it is. Um, thank you for being generous, folks. Uh, we love partnering with you. Thankful for, thank you for being faithful. You're giving, you're offering, you're tithing. There's ways to do it there, and we appreciate all that you do so we can make a difference, not only locally, but even all around the world. So thank you for that. Let's sing doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. If you need prayer, it's over there for you. Make sure you get it. If you're heading out, these doors will be open for you. Those little index cards for the local gifts are on the table. Have a great day. It looks nice out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another out there. We'll see you soon. Peace next week.